Welcome to another episode of The Gills Talk, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Go out today and treat yourself to a fancy coffee or some special chocolate or whatever way that you like to treat yourself. Today on the podcast, we have Gills Club scientist Carly Jackson, where we are going to be learning about her master's work with the nurse shark and her current work working with sea turtles through Disney's Marine Conservation Department. The nurse shark is a nocturnal shark where they tend to rest in really large groups and they kind of really pile on top of each other (laughs) on the bottom of the ocean floor during the day, but then at night they do hunt alone. During the day though, since they are nocturnal, they're typically very slow and sluggish and then they do become more active at night as they are hunting. You might recognize them if you go to aquariums. They tend to be a very popular aquarium shark because they do rest at the bottom of the aquarium tank where they are that light kind of yellowish brown to dark brown color. And even some of them have those small dark spots. Today though, we will be learning about Carly's work with the nurse sharks in Belize where she is looking at the effects of provisioning tourism with them in the area. So let's get into our interview with Carly to learn more about her work. Welcome everyone to another Gills Talk podcast. Today we have Gills Club scientist Carly Jackson. So welcome Carly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I know probably about a month, two months or so now, you were one of our featured scientists across all of our social media. You did a great Instagram live for us. So if anyone follows us on Instagram, go back and follow and watch that live. Um, It's saved on to our page there. So you'll be able to hear Carly answer all of the questions that people were asking her throughout that live stream. So thank you so much then for being on the podcast as well. So to kick it off, do you just want to explain to everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Carly Jackson. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> um, I'm a marine biologist. I study both sharks and sea turtles. Um, I am the director of communications for the organization Minorities and Shark Sciences, and I am currently a sea turtle research associate for the New College of Florida, um, and I'm contracted to work at Disney. So I do, I always tell people sharks are my passion and the sea turtles pay the bills. (laughs) So that's how it's always been. But, um, but yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. Great. So let's unpack the multiple things that you are able to do. So we had one of your collaborators in Miss on, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know how many episodes ago now (laughs) it was, um, but we had Jasmine Graham on, but now we have you. So can you explain then your further role and what you do in Miss? Yes. So I am director of communication. So I mainly, um, make sure our communications go out between our supporters. Um, I run our social media pages as well, make sure our social media is um, doing what it's supposed to do and advertising and making sure our message is getting out there. And I make all of our newsletters. So basically I literally just make sure all of our supporters are getting communicated to effectively and also in a creative way because we want people to stay supporters and you know we want to get new supporters so it's really exciting and like I just love Miss and it's just it's it's everything. (laughs) Well we love Miss as well I know here at the Conservancy we are friends of Miss 
and we love being able to work with you. And we're so excited now that we're able to have a Miss Fellow this summer as well. So we're very excited to have that member come on for get six weeks with us to get a full immersive experience. But going on with Miss being minorities in shark sciences, as I said, we, there are friends of Miss. Can you explain then a little bit what friends of Miss are? Yes. So friends of Miss are people who want to be involved in Miss and support Miss, but don't uh, fit the demographic that we have that we require for being a member of Miss. So being a member of Miss, you have to be a woman of color, interested in shark sciences, or at least like maybe in shark sciences. Um, and our friends of Miss is anyone outside of that demographic. So if you want to support Miss. Um, provide resources, especially if you can provide professional resources, you'll get access to uh, our members, you'll get access to a lot of the different events that we have, Uh, you'll get, uh, you know, first come, first come, first serve type thing, so like the number one spot in a lot of our different events and like online virtual parties that we do and webinars, so being a friend of Miss is really cool, and we love our friends of Miss, they really are like, what is it? Like uh, big cheerleaders for Miss. There we go. <laughs> it's like our little fan club. Well, that I say we're definitely a big cheerleader of you all. Be able to see what you all have done on a virtual scale since you all were, were started. I know Jasmine kind of dove into this during her episode, but you all four met online on Twitter and yep. then didn't really meet until almost a year later in person. So we see the community and the reach that you all have been able to achieve in such a short amount of time is just like, I mean, we're, we're cheering from the back. So thank you. You're welcome. No, it's, it's incredible. But then for the second part of your kind of, well, your career is with the, the sea turtle side of things and Disney. And when you hear Disney, I know me as a child, like going into the seas exhibit at Epcot, I was like, this is what I want to do. I can do oceans and be at Disney. Like I know for me, that was always like a, what a dream. And I know for a lot of other people, it still could be their dream. So how is it working within that type of world as well? Yeah, so I work in the marine conservation department. I help the marine conservation team at Disney. And a lot of people don't know that Disney has their own like conservation research department and they do a lot of really good work. They not only have the uh, conservation fund, which gives a lot of money and grant money to um, a lot of different projects. There's a lot of huge projects that are funded by Disney. And um, we also have our own research that we do. So there's a lot of research being done on the parks with the terrestrial side of things. Uh, There's a lot of research being done in the Bahamas and the marine side of things. And yeah, it's really cool because we um, get to work on a bunch of different type of stuff and it's all you know, for the better conservation of our planet. So it's, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So then what current projects are you working on then with the sea turtle side of things with that? So the sea turtles, I am working on a fisheries project. So I am uh, focusing on like the in-water research with the sea turtles, as well as some of the beach conservation. I do help on the uh, beach. That's what I used to do um, for five years before I came to this job. Uh, But now I'm helping with a fisheries project where we are trying to reduce the bycatch of sea turtles in lobster traps. So sea turtles can get entangled in the rope that 
you know, is floating right above the uh, lobster traps and lobster traps are like everywhere here in Florida. <laughs> it is lobster season now. So <laughs> it is a big thing here, um, but unfortunately sea turtles can get entangled in those. So we are working on uh, introducing a novel technology that could hopefully help reduce the entanglement of sea turtles in um, these traps. That's incredible. I mean, living here in Massachusetts and in just the New England area, we see that as well with the lobstering here. And we see the entanglements with, with sea turtles, but then also whales and other marine life as well. So it's great to hear that there is research going on to reduce that limit of bycatch and those entanglements too. But this is the Gills Talk podcast. We're here because of sharks. <laughs> so let's get into then some of the shark research that you are doing. Yes, so I don't have any new projects going on right now, but I am in the process of kind of going back over my uh, master's research, so my thesis, and getting that ready for publishing, so that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> and that research was looking at the effects of provisioning tourism on nurse sharks. And uh, I went to Belize uh, for about two months and uh, took some data on behavioral data on nurse sharks there, and um, there's a site in Belize, uh, specifically at a very tiny island called Kikalker. It's literally five miles long. <laughs> and um, they have a little uh, provisioning site there. And provisioning is just another word for feeding. And um, they feed the nurse sharks and the stingrays there. It's called Shark Ray Village. So there's stingrays, there are nurse sharks there, and boaters, uh, tour guides will go out and feed the sharks and the stingrays there you know, for the tourists to get in the water and, you know, so much sharks. <laughs> so I was just looking to see how that was affecting the sharks' behavior, affecting some of their body condition, and, you know, just seeing where, uh, seeing how um, habituated or attracted they were uh, to the boat activity there. So it was a really cool project, and, you know, I would definitely love to go back to Belize for two months. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I did all of that research and, you know, finished my thesis and everything, um, saw a couple of different things. Um, we definitely saw that they were modifying their behavior to get access to this important resource because, you know, sharks, there's like three things that their brain tells them to do, swim, eat, and make more sharks, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and um, that eating part is like pretty high on the scale and they are very attracted to uh, and motivated by food so the sharks there were doing a lot more um they were kind of reversed of what they were naturally supposed to do so nurse sharks they're supposed to be nocturnal so you always see nurse sharks like sleeping under rocks during the day and then at night they're a little bit more active um, but these sharks were it was probably around like 30 or so sharks in one place and they were very active during the day always swimming around, always going to different boats. Um, they would follow boats like little puppy dogs because they knew that boat engine sound meant food and it was literally a dinner bell to them. <laughs> and yeah, so they were just changing a lot of their natural behaviors to make this place work for them. And there's so much more that I want to look into from this project because I really looked at, looked at it more from a behavioral point, but I would love to look at what other things are being affected by this project or by this practice of provisioning tourism. Like, you know, are there prey items like increasing because they're not 
eating their regular prey mm -hmm. items. And, you know, I wasn't able to physically handle the nurse sharks there because of laws and stuff, but I would love to, you know, get some stable isotope on them. How much of this food is actually part of their diet? So really, I always tell people my thesis was more of like a, not a pilot, but it was like a preliminary study, but there's so much more from that that we want to do. So, so yeah, so that's really the only shark research for the moment right now, right this very second. No, but I mean, that sounds also exciting. And I love that you called it like the, the, like the preliminary, like the launch of it, because I feel like, like you were saying, there's so many other things that you could learn than off of that and just learning how their behavior is being altered, but then like, what else is being altered around it? And I love that you want to tie in even like what their prey items are like, and how are they being affected around that? as well. But I do love that you called them like the puppy dogs because it's something that I always hear about nurse sharks in general. I only have like a few encounters with them. I saw them in like my study abroad in Bimini, but again, they were like sleeping yeah. <laughs> at, 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 at the bottom as like a hammerhead swam by. They're just like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like a nurse shark. Yeah. And so they very much have like that puppy dog like aspect. Um, but again, I think like with all sharks and those types of experiences, you want to make sure they know it still is a shark. It still is a wild animal <laughs> as, as well to be able to, you know, still treat that wildlife with respect in any way. Um, so you did say, you know, that nurse sharks are your only shark right now. Do you have any aspirations or like hopes of like, is there another shark that you would like love to do a project on one day? Yes. My dream is to one swim with a whale shark and do research with whale sharks. Whale sharks are just so pretty and they're just so big and cool. <laughs> they just look like swimming like stars. I don't know, like they're the patterns on them just look like stars at night. And uh, I just think they're so cool. But my bucket list shark is the whale shark. And, you know, there's not a lot of whale sharks in Florida, but you know, maybe one day, one day they'll start coming here and there'll be a project to do. <laughs> There, there, there you go. I mean, if you want to come back up to the cold, Woods yeah. is looking at them here offshore. So, I mean, it is like 17 th th this week, but whale sharks. Yeah, you know, I'll keep that in mind. But <laughs> there's a reason I moved away from Michigan and did not look back. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, the cold is not, is not it. Not especially when it is just, just bone chilling. You don't want to go outside for for a week on end but the whale sharks i guess would make it worth it yeah the whale sharks would make it worth it and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't be going out now to see right. that would be, that's true it would be and when it's warm <laughs> as we are continuing on um so we're learning a little bit you know you're doing sharks you're doing turtles but was there anything when you were then coming up with in the field of science that you know if it wasn't for your love of sharks and then finding your way toward turtles that maybe you would have been doing something else completely different Let's see, I think there really wasn't any other like, well, growing up, I went back and forth with like veterinarian and like paleontologist. I thought like dinosaurs were so cool. But then once I realized you wouldn't be working with real dinosaurs, you'd just be working with their bones. I was like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> Um, but I was also an athlete growing up. So I really think like if I never really got into like science or anything, I probably would still be an athlete and might have like tried a little harder in that 
<laughs> in that area. Um, but I did, I was a swimmer all the way up through college. So um, that was a big part of my life. But I do think if I wasn't a scientist or a shark scientist, I might've been an athlete. Very cool. Professional athlete. There we go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I mean, hey, swimming just led you to the ocean anyways. Exactly. But with you being able to do, I mean, you work in more of like the nonprofit side of things, which Miss just became an official 5013C the other week. So amazing. Another thing to be celebrating about. So being in the nonprofit world, working in with with multiple different marine life, is there any challenges you face with any of those types of aspects or even just balancing it all together? I'd say a big thing is like, there's just, there's always a lot going on. <laughs> so it's just important to stay organized, which is hard for me because I have like, I have ADHD. So it's like, my brain is like, stay organized or I want to be organized, but it doesn't know how to. So that's like a big issue that I've always had just with juggling so many different things. But I would say like some other issues are just, or some other challenges are definitely like, you know, like mental challenges, mental health, um, definitely in grad school, that was a big thing and making sure like you're taking, I'm taking care of that. Um, because you know, everything kind of starts from your mental. And if that's not all together and then, you know, every, you can't expect everything else to fall into place or to not be stressed all the time. But honestly, I'd say my favorite part of everything is field work though. Cause that's the least stressful part <laughs> of everything. And Miss has a lot of, um, field stuff coming up the next couple months. So we've got our shark scientists for day surveys. We advertised that last year and we're finally getting some of those, uh, trips out. So that's really fun. And we've got like summer camps and, uh, the workshops coming up too. So really the field work is really more my jam <laughs> than the behind the scenes stuff. But, but yeah, when with field work that there comes challenges, like the heat, <laughs> being on a boat and for hours and then just catching nothing that is always like so annoying, uh, but you know, it's part of being a scientist. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, can you go into what is shark scientist for a day? Yes. So Shark Scientist for a Day is a, a program with MISS where we will take the general public out on shark tagging trips with us for oh. one day. Yes. So um, you have to pay a fee because it is a fundraising thing for us, but we will probably advertise more of those um, in the summer for the fall. But yeah, so if you ever want to go shark, if you've ever wanted to see what it was like being a shark scientist just for a day, you don't even have to be it for a week, just a day, eight hours. <laughs> um, those are really, uh, they're really fun trips. We had our first one last month and, you know, it's just really fun because you're out on the boat, you learn, um, you know, we give you the option. If you don't want to participate, you can just watch. But if you do want to participate, you really get in helping us set up the gear, baiting the hooks, which is really fun because it's all juicy and nasty. <laughs> um, helping us do actual workups on the shark. So tagging the shark, taking measurements of the shark. So it's just a really fun way for us to show people what it's like being a shark scientist. That sounds awesome. That sounds just so much fun. I'm in, and those are out of Florida? Yes, they're based out of Miami. For now, at least. For now. Nice. 
very oh that's so cool I kind of want to like make a trip and go down just to like do it oh my gosh oh my gosh that'd be so much fun (laughs) and it's Miami like and it's warm so you know it's January but it's 79 today so oh gosh I wish Uh, a dream (laughs) yep a dream when we are looking at things when you were becoming a scientist and if it is with sharks with turtles I know you kind of mentioned it already with your mental health but is there something that you didn't really expect as you were coming into that if that was managing your mental health or was it something else yeah I'd say there was a lot of things that I was like oh this this is it like the biggest thing was coding um and using R so like using uh statistical programs like I thought it was all just done on paper or like I don't know excel or something but having to learn these new programs I was just like what is this but you know eventually it becomes easier and like it you see why it's so beneficial but I think that was definitely a big thing that was unexpected for me coming into scientists coming into science and all the writing I was just like wow there's so much writing in science Yes, uh, that's something that I always try to tell students, like if I'm in a school program or anything, is that you want, if you want to go into science, like still pay attention in, in English class, because like, it's, it's a lot of writing, you know, it's, it's your thesis, it's a proposal to get funding, it's, you know, or for your, your always writing, yes, or your role in miss, it's typing out a social media post or exactly. like, the emails, like, you never know, it all does coincide at one point in your life. But for me to round out your interview today, I would love to know advice you would give to yourself as you were younger. Yes, there's so many things I would tell myself. (laughs) Um, I would tell myself, you know, to just keep going and not get discouraged by every small little bump you get uh, going through life because, you know, everyone goes through some challenges and there's lots of bumps in life, but it really depends on will that let you just, will you let that discourage you or you let it make you stronger? And there were definitely a lot of times where I let it discourage me more than helping it, you know, letting it help me, help make me stronger. So I would definitely tell myself to just keep going, keep the dream as like a little carrot hanging in front of you. Just keep your dream right there and just stay focused and don't lose hope. So I think that's really great advice to end on, but before I do let you go, is there any social media you'd like people to follow you about so they can keep in touch with what you're doing at Miss or is what you're doing then with your research as well? For sure. So uh, my personal Instagram and Twitter handles are at Carly, C-A-R-L-E-E, the letter M and then the letter J and underscore. And that's for both Instagram and Twitter. And then for Miss, I always like to shout out our Miss socials. Our Miss socials for Instagram and Twitter are at Miss underscore Elasmo, E-L-A-S-M-O. Perfect. And we'll make sure to tag all of those in our posts. So if you didn't get to catch that, then people, you can just look into the tags of the post and you'll be able then to find all those great social media handles to follow. So thank you so much, Carly, for coming on today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gills Talk podcast. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review And as always, remember to stay curious, stay inspired, and always learn. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, everyone.